Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Have you been dreaming about paying off credit card debt, installing solar panels, going to college, or even buying a plane? Yes, someone really did that. With a figure HELOC, your home can help you cover vacations, medical bills, retirement, wedding expenses, home improvement, emergencies, or a pool. The opportunities are endless. Unlock up to $400,000 and choose the fastest HELOC on the planet at figure.com. Faster than a bank loan, cheaper than a personal loan. Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. This is Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. Before we get to that, we do have to talk about a, a veteran on the Buffalo Bills by the name of Stefan Diggs. Yo, Matt, what is going on here, man? Like, listen, normally when this stuff happens, you know, the the saga stuff, drama stuff, uh, we don't touch on it too often because usually it doesn't mean anything, you know, but it just seems like a consistent, you know, theme, a consistent story, a consistent drumbeat with Stefan Diggs and like an increasing, seemingly increasingly fractured relationship with his quarterback and Josh Allen. Look, after they lose to the Broncos, his freaking brother who's on on IR, he's not even playing, yo. He's not Man. even playing. Trayvon Diggs out here tweeting out, caping up for his brother, telling, telling, telling everybody that Stefan's got to get out of there, posting stats before and after for Josh Allen before his bro got there. Said Josh Allen didn't start going off till bro got there. Like, Yo, what is going on? This this very much has like the OBJ's dad doing cut-ups type of feel right now uh, in Buffalo, man. It's it's very eye-rolling, and it's just like, come on, man. What is happening out here? Yeah, and I mean, is anything going to come of it right now? No. No, because obviously, trade deadline's like, passed. Trade, trade deadline's passed. Like it, it obviously speaks to some consternation in the building. Um you know, and we knew that there was something going on in the offseason, right? When um, Diggs missed minicamp, or did he not miss? You know, and then Sean McDermott kind of stepped in it when he talked about it. Um, a lot of the, I don't think there's any fracture in the relation in the relationship, person to person, between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Like I think right. those guys are really tight. 
Uh, you know, boys. I've talked, they're boys. I've talked about these guys. I, I know the, both these guys a little bit. Like, I think that re- the person to person relationship is solid. And I don't think that, and I, I think Stefan Diggs knows that his brother is right. That Josh Allen didn't start popping off necessarily until uh, Stefan Diggs got there in terms of like Josh Allen is an elite um non-Patrick Mahomes top tier quarterback in the NFL before Steph Diggs got there. Now he did take a, a step forward. I think what is in his uh, third season, second season mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in the league when with John Dayball. Brown and Cole Beasley got there and Dayball, Yeah. The whole right. thing, like these guys had already started to make some progress. Diggs took it over the top, but I also think that Steph Diggs knows that Josh Allen helped take Steph Diggs over the top from a oh, national yeah. perspective. Exactly. You know, I mean, I don't we, see Trayvon it, Diggs posting Stefan Diggs's numbers before and after Josh Allen. You know what I'm saying? No, no. <laughs> Go ahead and no. post those numbers too, right. right? Like, come on, bro. Like, what's happening out here? Right. And the reason that he uh, got himself out of Minnesota and got to <laughs> Buffalo is he was tired of playing with Kirk Cousins at the time. And in a right. I don't even know if it was a Kirk Cousins thing. It was more of a playing in Mike Zimmer's boomer ball run heavy yeah, offense, right. you know, sort of thing. So um there there's just that 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 there's obviously that dynamic there too and i think Diggs knows that you know there was a video i always come back to this one it was from thanksgiving last year against the lions where you know um these two guys start to say how thankful they are and like like breaking up in tears a little bit because of like like i and i remember Diggs says like i appreciate i'm thankful for you man like more than you know type of thing like these these guys i think know that they helped elevate each other i think Diggs's frustration uh does come back to you know like not getting the ball enough in certain situations and i realize that we're talking about like a guy who's heavily targeted in Stefan Diggs. It's not mm-hmm. the raw target totals. It's like right. when they go away from Diggs and start to try to get it, you know, again, in certain situations, all right, Diggs is double covered. We're going to go away from him here. Like, you know, there's a single high situation. I'm going to fling the ball on like a clear out route to Gabe Davis, even though I probably shouldn't or whatever. I think that it was the source of the frustration. That was what it, I think Ben Volan reported was the source of the frustration coming out of the playoffs last year and right. into uh, this regular season. Obviously, Ken Dorsey, the offensive play caller and coordinator, has been relieved of his duties yeah. uh, after Monday Night Football, which, look, the timing of it obviously is a total scapegoat thing. It wasn't as if uh, Ken sure. Dorsey is responsible for the 12 men on the field or the back-to-back <laughs> zero blitz calls. <laughs> Not that right. I, I don't have as much of a problem with the calls as uh, the defensive play calls as much as everybody else does, but that's a topic for another day. And it wasn't as if Gabe or uh, Ken Dorsey sitting there calling the Gabe Davis drops the ball to a Broncos interception play or the James Cook fumble play. Like some of it is just execution, but I think it's just all a reflection right now, James, of where the Bills find themselves, which mm-hmm. is just like they were supposed this it was supposed to be better than this they were ever right. since they didn't ever since the 13 second thing it feels like this team has been uh, operating with the weight of the world yeah that's why and i don't think Diggs is a guy who's making it any better by by being this way i don't think the pressure on the team they've not responded well to that pressure and now they find themselves potentially on the outside looking in this year and Sean McDermott has fired both of his coordinators in the last few months not a good sign when you're yeah, not a good sign at all. And and by the way, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Sean McDermott's supposed to be the defensive guy. 
Okay. Mm. His team has not played good defense when he doesn't have like a, a freaking all pro at, at every level, at every position. Okay. Right. So I'm just saying like when you're the defensive guy and your team doesn't play good defense and also they collapse in critical spots. Yep. That, that's on you. That's on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I don't know, man, that's not a good look. Um, overall, you know, ha- have you seen a difference in usage for Stefan Diggs? Again, you talk about them going away from him in critical spots. And as a matter of fact, the, against Denver, it really made no sense, right? Like five targets, uh, here for, um, Stefan Diggs in, 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 you know, this, uh, most recent week, week number 10, uh, seven targets there, which is fine, but it's not like, you know, you, you'd like to see more than seven targets in a loss to Cincinnati as well. Right. So yeah. I'm not saying it's like perfectly correlated. Listen, against New England, he he saw 12 targets, only brought home six of them, right? But again, um, you'd like to see him a little bit more heavily involved, considering the the depth of receivers that they have, uh, you know, outside of Stephon Diggs. Yeah, in hindsight, you actually look back on the Broncos' defense, which had been improving coming out of their bye right. week. Um, you know, the 70 point disaster was one thing, but they had steadily started to trickle uh, in yep. some better defensive performances. You know, they have a lockdown number one corner in Patrick Sertan, who had given up some plays to start the year, but like every corner right. is going to give up plays. But like still overall, he's a great lockdown man to man cover corner. Like you can just see that's a perfect example of like that's a quote bad matchup for the offense, right? Because Sertan's going to lock down digs. But then, like, you've, as the play caller and the play designer, and, like, I know every every NFL analyst is bent over backwards to be like, well, look at the Bills' EPA per play. Look at the Bills' EPA, like, and, and success rate. And all these metrics are really good. Like, why would they fire their offensive coordinator? Well, number one, you don't do this without, like, Josh Allen having some frustrations. Or right. other players in the uh, – other players right. having some level of frustration with the way the offense ha- has been designed and called and et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's – you know, just beside the point there, but that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. It was like, okay, well now that is on you as the play caller and the play designer to do something about that in game. Um, I think the Jaguars are really struggling with this with Calvin Ridley right now. We're like, ah, we can't get the ball to Calvin Ridley because he's lined up as like the ISO X receiver and like he's not, you know, getting perfect separation over there. It's like, well, okay, do something about that, right? Like do something about the fact that teams are taking away (laughs) Stefan Diggs and like, besides like all right well we'll just go to Gabe Davis because like this is my biggest issue with Buffalo right now it's like look at this team on just on offense defense whole separate discussion look at the team on offense right now and tell me that like Brandon Bean has a galaxy brained himself into building a weird offense you know and and like it's okay Gabe Davis he's had these moments well he's had these moments but he's not a consistent number two you drafted the guy in the fifth round okay Um, All right, we want a pass-catching running back so bad. Well, we didn't get J.D. McKissick. Well, we have to draft James Cook. And then we have to draft – or we have to trade for Naheem Hines in the middle of last season. It's like, why don't you just draft a receiver? Well, all right, well, we we gotta <laughs> we we gotta we gotta get a tight end that's basically a wide receiver. So we're gonna get Dalton Kincaid. Well, that's funny. Why don't you just get a wide receiver? Like, <laughs> you don't have to have the Josh Allen was really really good when right. he had Stefan Diggs and he had Cole Beasley and he had John Brown and then you could sprinkle in Gabe Davis. It's like, well, that's a really good receiver room because you have a high quality slot. 
who is a proven veteran in Cole Beasley. You have a great field stretcher and a full field separator in John Brown. You have an elite number one receiver uh, in, right. in, in Steph Diggs. And then you can <laughs> sprinkle in Gabe Davis. But it's like, that's when you just had four really good receivers, not like a tight end who's a receiver and a running back who can catch pass. It's like, geez, just how about a normal <laughs> offense? The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. I've got a normal offense. I love it. Um, hey, when I look at uh, the percentage of routes that he runs uh, between 2021 and 22, like the 2020, 2021 Brian Dable seasons versus last year uh, when we first saw Ken Dorsey. It just seems as if Diggs is running, um, at least through the, the the charting, that he's running fewer of these intermediate area routes, right? Um, you know, we're saw we saw his dig and curl route percentages go down. We've seen mm-hmm. his, uh, you know, maybe his, uh, and even a little bit over the top. Um, it's either checkdowns or, or or long balls. It seems like for Stefan Diggs. And really, I think where this guy thrives and is one of the best receivers in the game is in that intermediate area of the field. And I think Brian Dable got that. I I don't know if Ken Dorsey gets that. Um, It seems as if, and and I'll be really interested to see what the 2023 numbers end up looking like, but it just seems as if the the, the play designs are calling for either Diggs to be really close to the line of scrimmage or trying to beat a man over the top. And they're really not utilizing his skill set as an absolute killer. Uh, in the intermediate and middle areas of the field. Yeah, and look, the reality is Josh Allen's got to play well, to got to play a little bit better. I mean, I think he's played very well this year. It's just the turnovers. You can't really just yada yada the turnovers, though. Right. Um, oh, those are bad. Course. They're backbreakers. Yeah, right, because it just it puts you in a hole. I do think teams know that, yeah, if you line up in, like, cover one or man coverage, like, Josh is going to Stefan every time, like because you know he's a single coverage. He can run over the top there, or he can come back on that hitch route or a comeback. It's and, and like nobody's better than Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs really in those situations. Right. Now, if you go too high, you play zones. You know, you spread this thing out a little bit more. That's when I think you can start to rattle. Josh Allen a little bit. I mean, a great example is um, the the Jets always seem to have who they're playing this week. The Jets always seem to have Josh Allen in a brain pretzel because they do something. To, and it, this is exactly what we're talking about. They do something to change the picture bracket, you know, cover two uh, on Diggs' side. All right. You could look there and he's, he's not perfectly like he's not perfectly open. He's like NFL open, but he's not like wide ass open. Clock speeds up. That's when you know you can get Josh Allen kind of on tilt a little bit on the field, and then he's going to throw, you know, uh, an outbreaking route to um, Deontay Hardy with two guys over him, you know, in a zone coverage situation like he did against the Broncos on Monday night. Like, right. there's a lot of issues compounding itself. And I think as the offensive coordinator and the play designer, your job is to find a way around that. 
is to yeah. is to sort of massage those issues out. Right. That has not happened under Ken Dorsey. I think that is probably why we're in this spot right now. Even if I agree that he is obviously a scapegoat in this situation, and overall the offense is good, but like overall the offense is always going to be good when you have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. It's just yeah, the small correct. details. And I think that's where D- Buffalo is falling apart is on the small details. And some of that's on the players. Some of that's on the design. And some of that I think is just straight up the the pressure that this team is under right now from a from a just where they are at this point. I don't know what Joe Brady's going to do for them. I mean, I kind of thought Joe Brady was a scapegoat in Carolina under right. Matt Rule. Totally. So, totally. I think I think he's done some good things at times, but I'm not sure he's just going to come in here and fix everything either. I'm actually excited about it because I, I think he'll give it a fresh look. Look, it's too late in the season to to revamp the playbook. You know, you just can't right. do that, right? So, but it's it's all about when you call the plays, what plays are you emphasizing in practice, you know, because the playbooks are going to be pretty extensive, right? So I will be interested to see what Joe Brady is, is able to do from a play calling standpoint and what they emphasize in practice. I always feel like, and I say this all the time, man, but like what makes the great coaches great is, is is a little bit of the in-game adjustment stuff, but like how well are they organized during practice, man? So like, Mm -hmm. can Joe Brady do this uh, during their practice time where they focus on the right things and get these guys' minds right uh, in terms of a play calling aspect and again, a a scouting aspect as well? Like, can you beat beat what the defensive coordinator on the other sideline is trying to do? We're going to find out with Joe Brady, but I'm excited at least to see it because I don't think, and I I think this has been truly proven, is that Dorsey didn't have that. I just yeah. don't think Dorsey had the answers to when the defensive coordinator, there was no counterpunch. Where's the counterpunch uh, that we saw Good with point. Brian? Da- Brian Dable was the master of counterpunches. Uh, I don't think we've seen that here with Ken Dorsey. So anyways, um, by the way, should be noted, Josh Allen, he's the cover boy for Madden 24. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Madden curse okay. alive and well. <laughs> 2400 sports is an odyssey company. 